Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. Okay, so this week we are going to be talking about being a dangerous man of God or a dangerous woman of God. And before I get started, I just want to take a minute and say that I think we need to be cautious with concepts. And this week's topic was suggested by a friend, and I think it will lead us to some interesting points of growth if we pursue it with Scripture. But much like last week, I think this topic is important but very easily misrepresented and misunderstood. And I want to stick close to Scripture as much as I can here and not get lost in application, because my desire for this topic is to look at the spiritual warfare that all people are involved in, whichever side we may be on, and perhaps shine some light onto areas that we've let slide for a while. So something I want to be particularly clear about is that my hope is to teach biblical principles without dictating specific applications. And the reason for that is that this topic can range from the simplest of daily challenges to matters of life and death. I I don't want to try and apply God's word to your life, but rather simply speak what is in the word and allow God to apply it to your life as his spirit. leads. So what do I mean by dangerous believers? Well, Let's take a look first at what God's Word says about our situation, and then begin processing our reaction to it will be a little more clear. So Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So notice it doesn't say that we cruise. (laughs) It says that we wrestle not against rude neighbors, or low self-esteem, or seasonal depression, or whatever, we are actively in conflict with powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, and not just any spiritual wickedness, but spiritual wickedness in high places. And we might think, well, I've never noticed things being bad as all that. (laughs) Well, let God be true, but every man a liar. If we are covered by the blood of Jesus, and we aren't experiencing any wrestling in our lives against living in obedience to the Word of God, then we better take a long, long look at what side of the battle we're on. And I don't want to sound hateful here, but the truth is there are some hard lines to this thing called faith. Exodus 27 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. If we call ourselves Christians... We are applying the name of Christ to our lives. What are we doing with the name of Christ? Have we taken his name in vain? Do we wear the title, but none of his acts? Because there's a word for that. It's sin. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So if you haven't been fighting off any roaring lions lately, it might be because there's nothing to eat. We should be the kind of Christians that the devil can't wait to sink his teeth into. If there is substance in our lives, the enemy wants it. If there is substance in our lives, the enemy wants it. So how bad does the enemy want me? Ephesians 6, 10-11 says, Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So why do we need to put on the armor of God if we aren't doing anything? Are we preparing for battle or just preparing to leave? I love what I heard Eric Thomas say once about when Jesus was preparing to ascend. In John 16.5 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus said he would send the Comforter. What do you need a Comforter for? So you can do that? <laughs> and, and I love that because Eric Thomas hits it on the head. There is a battle raging between good and evil, and it's a dangerous battle. Marriages are at stake. Families are at stake. Churches are at stake. Cities and states and nations are at stake. And more importantly than all of that, souls are at stake. Evil is a danger to our loved ones, to our health, our relationships, and our very faith. So here's the question this week. If evil is dangerous to us, how dangerous are we to evil? 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So if God has overcome the world, and everyone who is born of God overcometh the world, and we have faith that brings us the victory that overcometh the world, then when are we going to take some authority in our lives and fight back against the prince of this world? If we are sons and daughters of the God who overcame the world, why are we still smiling and waving to the defeated prince of this world? Armor up and live dangerously to the evil that surrounds us. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, into the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Swing the sword. I'm not talking about swinging it at people. We don't war against flesh and blood. But swing the sword. We should be a danger to the evil that wars against us. When the powers of this world are considering their next move, they ought to be able to see us suited up and threatening to their intentions. When there is an opportunity for the enemy to expend resources on waging war, we should be more than conquerors through the word of God and the blood of Christ. The enemy should be in danger of wasting his time and tempting us, in danger of embarrassing his servants by challenging us, in danger of facing defeat by bringing us into a situation he intends to use to shame the name of God, and God ends up being glorified, in danger of walking away from any interaction with us, being effectively reminded that he is a loser. Not because we are anything, but because in place of our wants and our desires that Satan can so easily manipulate, he can only find submission to, in faith in the name above all names, Jesus. So what does that look like in our lives? And I will restate what I said at the beginning. It is not for me to apply this word to your heart. Okay? We are all at different places, facing many different degrees of challenges in our spiritual warfare. And I want neither to overinflate nor limit the scope of what being a dangerous believer may look like in each of our lives. I simply want to encourage a hard look an examination into what battles we are fighting in the name of the Christ we so passively claim. Are we cruising past the battle saying, wow, look over at all that mess? <laughs> are, are we in the battle but falling in defeat? 
Or are we winning victories for Christ, but getting a little comfortable with our success? Whatever the situation is that we find ourselves in, we must remember the truth about the battle if we hope to win. Who we are, who the enemy is, and how we win. It's pretty obvious that understanding the battle is important to having victory, but it seems like we forget just immediately. (laughs) Who are we? We are the children of the Most High God. If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are walking temples of the Spirit of God, conquerors through Christ, heirs of His kingdom. We don't have to play pretend earthly. This isn't home. Sin doesn't belong in us. We are the enemies of Satan and his angels, and when we walk within the will of God, there isn't a thing that Satan can do to defeat us. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's Philippians 1.6. Who the enemy is. It isn't your boss, the government, your lousy parent, your pastor, your teacher, your neighbor, or your ex. Okay? We need to get our eyes off of each other or we will never see the fiery darts of the wicked coming. We can't mind the things of God and the things of man at the same time. We can't be angry and hateful about all the people Satan has used to hurt us and at the same time be preparing for what Satan is planning next. The enemy doesn't care who he uses to harm our life, and neither should we. Our enemies are powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. If we are going to be dangerous to the enemy, we have to know who we are fighting. And lastly, how we win. I'm not even going to elaborate on this because I don't want to miss it. I'm going to read it straight from God's war manual. Romans 8, 31-39 says this, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.